for their underwriting of the SFA Cajun Country Virtual Summer Field Trip, their investment in the SFA mission, and their support of this episode of Gravy. SFA thanks our friends from Avery Island, Louisiana. McElhaney Company, maker of Tabasco brand products. For Christians, Lent is a 40-day period marked by sacrifice, service, and penance. Practicing Catholics the world over abstain from meat on Fridays during Lent. In symbolic recognition of the day of the week, they believe Jesus was crucified. In Louisiana, about a third of the population identifies as Catholic, and that concentration is even higher in Cajun country. That translates as a lot of fish. Here, Lenten Fridays are an opportunity to commune over plates of fried catfish. Beginning the Friday after Ash Wednesday and stretching until Palm Sunday, Lenten fish fries are the economic engine of numerous parishes. Money raised at fish fries can power the life of a church for the whole dang year. And churches aren't alone. Volunteer fire departments, schools, sports leagues all raise funds by frying sweet white fish quickly in clean grease. Lenten fish fries knit together neighborhoods. They lure wayward parishioners to their home churches. Did did you get the joke? I did. I did. (laughs) But this year, COVID-19 cut fish fry season short. And what churches lost was more than just money. Lost, too, was the energy and camaraderie shared by the thousands of volunteers who make fish fries happen. Just before that happened, though, Gravy showed up to tell their story. I'm Melissa Hall. And I'm John T. Edge. We're your hosts for Gravy. 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 A production of the Southern Foodways Alliance, Gravy tells new and complicated stories about the changing American South. Our producer, Sarah Holtz, takes us into the kitchens and onto the serving lines of Lafayette's Linton Fish Fries. It's the Friday after Mardi Gras, and I find myself in a church in Lafayette, Louisiana. The vast room is filling up with parishioners in line for their dinner. I'm Jewish and grew up in California, and I'm asking myself, how did I get here? Just then, a parishioner opens up their clamshell container, and I catch a glimpse of a filet of golden fried catfish. And that's the reason. It's Lenten fish fry season in Acadiana. A big old sign, like front and back, like a board that says, Fish is great today. Go eat fish. Local churches host plate sales to feed neighbors and raise funds. Restaurants get in on the action, too, offering seafood specials. The Lenten fish fry tradition is as vibrant as ever in Acadiana, further proving that Louisianans know how to have fun while staying pious. This context was new to me when I moved to Louisiana. But ever since I've lived here, I've heard people joke that even the Jews are Catholic here. To live in South Louisiana is to be deeply connected with cultural traditions like Mardi Gras and Lent that are predominantly rooted in Catholicism. Case in point, Temple Sinai in New Orleans hosts an annual crawfish boil fundraiser, even though crawfish is trafe, or non-kosher. Lucy Monk Carter, a writer who was raised Catholic in Southwest Louisiana, gave me an abridged Sunday school lesson. The 40 days of Lent are when Jesus was wandering in the desert, and he had his encounters with the devil, it all leads up to the Holy Weekend when 
he, you know, was crucified on the cross and then resurrected three days later. You know, you have Mardi Gras where um, Mardi Gras exists because it's that one last celebration before the kind of solemnity and restrictions of Lent. John Pastor works at Old Time Grocery, a po'boy restaurant that's one block away from the University of Louisiana at Lafayette campus. It's a favorite haunt of ULL's student body, with Ragin' Cajun sports memorabilia lining the restaurant's walls. Old Time has its own long-standing fish fry tradition. John said the Lenten season in Acadiana is tied up with the region's broader cultural and culinary identity. Mardi Gras was the time where you consumed everything you could because you couldn't do it for Lent. And so you had to remove it from your presence. And so the tradition of uh, on Fridays you're not supposed to eat meat, which of course does play into our wonderful seafood industry here, that it's a sacrifice to not have to eat meat. Oh my goodness, I have to eat a whole shrimp. Oh boy, oh my lord, that's so tough. Lent also happens to fall during peak seafood season in Louisiana, when crawfish, softshell crab, and oysters are automatic bestsellers. Growing up, Lucy remembers the Lenten sacrifice being omnipresent on her parents' minds between Mardi Gras and Easter, except if her family was on a road trip and seafood options were slim to none. We stopped at Dairy Queen, where my mom had to just give up on the idea of Lenten Friday because the only options were meat. So we all got to eat meat that Friday. (laughs) But uh, yeah, you know, when you're within the community, it's almost a bubble that seafood options are everywhere and there's a lot of fun to it. It doesn't feel like something you're giving up. Restaurants may rise to the occasion with seafood specials in the weeks following Mardi Gras. But I found that the heart of Lenten fish fry season beats within the Catholic churches of Acadiana. I have to admit, I was hesitant as an outsider to start knocking on church doors. But everyone to whom I aired my trepidations assured me that any church in Acadiana would welcome me to their fish fry without a second thought. Turns out that they were completely right. I found a warm, cornmeal-battered welcome at both St. Francis of Assisi in Brobridge and St. Pius X in Lafayette. St. Francis of Assisi serves a predominantly African-American congregation in Brobridge, the self-proclaimed crawfish capital of the world. They've been hosting Lenten fish fries as a fundraiser for the church since the early 1990s, when four married couples decided to transition their bingo fundraiser to a fish fry. They got to work on a recipe and gathered a group of volunteers. What was most striking to me about St. Francis's fry is the sheer number of hours they serve food on Fridays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., with no break. That means the first to arrive and the last to leave work a 14-hour day at the fry, I spoke with one of these heavyweight volunteers, Raymond Vavasur. He's one of the founders of the St. Francis Fish Fry, and he explained the time commitment he and his 20 to 30 member crew make each year. Okay, we order on Mondays. We order the products on Mondays. We order the fish on Mondays. We pick up the fish on, and then we have all of the pots and others to clean. So it's approximately a three and a half to four days. And that process repeats itself for six weeks. The plate itself consists of three fried catfish fillets on a bed of french fries, a side of coleslaw, and a dinner roll. Though the volunteer base at St. Francis is entirely made up of parishioners, Raymond said that he sees customers year after year who drive over 20 miles to Brobridge for a fish fry dinner. I know a young man that comes from New Iberia for six weeks. 
uh, to get maybe two or three plates, but they from they from the whole area. Uh, Lafayette, Cecilia, St. Martinville, Parks, Bridge. I would say that approximately 75% of the people that we serve are not parishioners. Though Raymond also attends church regularly and abstains from meat during Lent, he considers his volunteer time to be the primary thing he gives up. This is a sacrifice. My penance for Lent is to do the fish fry. Ms. Betty John, who handles the cash box at the fry, said she doesn't normally eat fried fish. That's the only time I eat catfish fry. Catfish is not my favorite, but I love the way they fried over here. So. When I began asking Raymond follow-up questions about the fish itself, he became a bit tight-lipped. Yeah, the only thing I'll say, you know, I'll show you, but then I'm not going to tell you why. <laughs> that's why I told you, that's why I told you to begin with, I'd answer some questions, but I'm not going to answer all of them. <laughs> and I don't blame him. It was one of the best fried catfish I've ever had, simply because there wasn't any excess grease. Raymond told me that the recipe has changed over the years. Back in the early days, they simply ran the fish through cornmeal and fried it in a little bit of oil. Today, they use a deep fryer. Raymond walked me into the kitchen and introduced me to the head cook, Clovis Sylvester. I asked Clovis what makes St. Francis's fish fry special among all the others. The cooks and uh, the people coming together, helping out the truth. When I left St. Francis after a couple of hours, the same critical mass of volunteers and diners was still stationed in the church hall. About 10 miles down the road in Lafayette, the Knights of Columbus Council at St. Pius X has assembled a dedicated volunteer team that serves around 400 fish fry dinners every Friday of Lent, except Good Friday. Located just off the busy thoroughfare of Calice Saloom Road, St. Pius X serves a network of Lafayette parishioners, most of whom identify as Cajun. Brian Decoux was my entree into the Knights of Columbus fold. He's been a member for 42 years. When I reached out to Brian earlier in the week, the Knights were already well into their prep for the first Friday of Lent. Thursday afternoon, we have a group of guys that come in and make potato salad. And then today we're mixing the coleslaw, we're outside frying fish, we have our desserts that we serve. Brian recalled that they've been hosting their fish fry since the early 2000s. He helped organize the first fundraiser based on a fish fry he used to attend in Terrytown, on the west bank of New Orleans. Today, the St. Pius Fry raises money for local nonprofits each Lent. Though their recipe has largely stayed the same, the Casey's have adapted to the changes in dining culture. They use a credit card square now. They have a drive through operation out back. And by 5 p.m., it was five cars deep. Though the Knights of Columbus is a fraternal organization, the St. Pius Fish Fry is a family affair. The volunteer in charge of the cash box is a high school student named Danielle Mesh, and her dad is a knight. Kelly Swear's husband is a knight who volunteers every year, even though he doesn't eat fish. Kelly doesn't miss a Friday if she can help it either. They have it down to a science because they've done it for so many years. They keep going and going and going, and these guys have been here and together for so long. They have become super close friends. It's like a, it, it's a brotherhood. Let's put it that way. It's a brotherhood and they do for each other. You know, if one needs financial assistance, they'll come together and they'll put it together. What I kept hearing from volunteers like Kelly and Brian is how much the Casey's feel like a family. 
you know, it helped us to adjust being members of the Knights of Columbus to move to Terrytown, and it helped us. It was an instant family, and, you know, that's, that's what I love about this organization. Sid Janice is a charter member of this Knights of Columbus Council, and he insists that the fish fry isn't even a sacrifice. I suggested that the promise of fried catfish might help lighten the burden, too. <laughs> yeah, right. That's another thing. You're not supposed to give up one thing and then eat twice as much as the other. <laughs> when we come back, we'll find out what a po'boy shop called Old Time Grocery is frying up new. But first... For eight generations, the Samuels family has distilled American whiskey. Today, Rob Samuels, the grandson of founder Bill Samuels Sr., oversees the operation of the Maker's Mark Distillery. From the soft red winter wheat they've sourced from the same local farm for over 60 years to the char in their barrels, every step in the bourbon-making process is carefully crafted just like Bill Samuels Sr. did when he first created the handmade bourbon. For their excellent spirits and their support of this podcast, SFA thanks Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark crafts their bourbon carefully. Please enjoy it that way. Where John Pastor works at Old Time Grocery, the Lenten season is a rite of passage for their employees. It's 40 days of unrelenting hard work. On Fridays, Old Time staff doubles and orders increase exponentially in their diminutive kitchen. Let's just say we do 1,000 sandwiches on Friday, more like 800. Now we're doing 2,000. And so your crew in a kitchen that's, you know, the size of, you know, a snowball trailer, uh, you're packing 17 people in there, and you're basically just working side by side, handing things to each other. It's extremely high volume, uh, extremely uh, coordinated, a lot of energy goes into making this sandwich. It starts at 5 a.m. Usually we start at 8 cutting the bread, but because on Fridays we fry the crawfish. So everyone gets there really early in the morning, very quiet and peaceful. They fry crawfish, they eat donuts, and, and it grows from there, from this lull, this this quiet crickets in the morning, sun, you know, rise, birds are starting to trip all the way into this rah, chaos for lunch, this 12 o'clock, ah, oh, into uh, rolling in and you have a busy night as well. I visited Old Time on the first Friday of Lent, and it was packed to the gills. The line wound around the grocery shelves and spilled out the front door. But I was also floored by the well-oiled machine of mostly college students taking and serving po'boy orders with remarkable efficiency. This collective labor does come with a badge of honor for employees who survived the 40 days. Old Times manager, Mark Thrasher, explained the one-of-a-kind graphic t-shirts that line the walls of the former grocery. So each year the shirt kind of tells a story for the Lenten season and each member of the staff gets one at the end of the year. We have a lot of customers that come by and they see them and, you know, they ask if they can purchase them and they're just not for sale. They have to be earned. The Len t-shirt immediately raised the stakes at old time. John distinctly remembers his first Lenten season. You know, because they build up this hype like you're going to get pummeled by a crowd of people who are angry and want their sandwich and you can't find it. What is that energy? What is that chaos? You know, that is Lent at Old Time Grocery. I asked several people why this tradition still feels important, while other Catholic rites have waned in popularity. And the answers didn't vary as much as I expected. For them, it's just what you do this time of year. We want you to enjoy, and we have a heck of a lot of fun. 
That again was Raymond Vavasur from St. Francis. For Lucy Monk Carter, the fish fry reminds us about the power of a community meal to bridge differences. It's a chance to gather together with people you know or people you might be meeting the first time who are all sharing this bond with you. This ritual exists anywhere there's a Catholic stronghold. But when I asked Brian from St. Pius the same question, I got a more Acadiana-centric response. It's just the culture of the people around here. You know, it's just a welcoming from the exile. You know, my grandparents and everything grew up around here, so they always welcome the people. Here, Brian is referring to the Acadian exile, or Le Grand Arrangement, when the British expelled French Catholics from the Canadian maritime provinces in the mid-1700s. And many ended up in the region we now call Southwest Louisiana. John Pastor also folds the Lenten fish fry into a larger idea about Acadian identity. As much as it plays into our culture, as it helps us to adapt and, and survive and is basically just another wonderful, silent, but yet glaring example of our backstory, who we are, why we do the things we do, why it's so important. Still, nothing about the Lenten fish fry feels dogmatic. It's not catfish and communion, you know, it's catfish and coleslaw. <laughs> In the act of breaking bread together, or fish as the case may be, conventional divisions dissolve within the church hall. The Lenten fish fry is a collective ritual that transcends group boundaries. Sarah Holtz reported and produced this episode. She reported and produced this whole darn season. We're proud of her work and we're thankful for her work. As of May 11, Old Time Grocery is open for curbside pickup. For that, we're thankful. We also have other thanks to discuss, do we not, Melissa Hall? Indeed we do. We thank Wendell Patrick for Gravy's theme music. Jazar for our donor music, and Ryan Fertel for his Cajun country expertise. Speaking of experts, Mary Beth Laster serves as our publisher, and Sarah Camp Milam manages the edits for Gravy, the podcast, and Gravy the Journal, and everything else we turn out. The first Lenten fish fry in 2021 will be Friday, February 19th. Want to be the first in line? Let our free app SFA Stories, be your God. We got it for iOS and we got it for Android. We gotcha. And who do we have to thank for that, John T? McElhaney Company, maker of Tabasco brand products. They underwrote our app and they are our friends. I'm Melissa Hall. And I'm John T. Edge. Enjoying the gravy we just poured in your ear? Then make a donation to SFA at southernfoodways.org. Your dollars help us make more gravy. And we plan to pour that gravy in your ear, too. It's true. I think maybe Roy Blunt said this at some point, that the only thing better than gravy is more gravy. Exactly.